This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk and also my partner in crime uh, discussing some events of this week and topics, hot topics is John Leng of John Joe's blog spot on Facebook. Good evening. Yes, good evening, John. Um, we've got uh, an interesting show tonight. i like to just cover off yesterday with the fantastic win for Rachel Blackmore, the first female ever to win a Grand National. Very pleasing to see racing on the front pages. I never think that it really matters that we're on the front pages because I don't know we're trying to please (laughs) in terms of, you know, like you either get into racing or you don't or or you want to ban it. Um, That's that's my take. So even though people are waxing lyrical that we're on every Sunday paper and about, you know, Rachel being the first woman, I'm not actually sure what long-term benefits it brings to the sport other than that we haven't had about seven or eight horses, you know, drop on the floor. Uh, in 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 the feature event, uh, what's your take on yesterday's event? Well, I take issue with the fact you were saying she's the first woman to win it. Um, I go back a bit further. I remember Liz Taylor winning it on the pie in nineteen forty-four. Liz Taylor on the pie. <laughs> but um, yeah, a great result for racing, maybe. Um, can't knock it. Um, you know, you can't knock the Bromhead either. I mean, he's having a season of all seasons, isn't he? I mean, first and second in the World Cup, first and second in the National. Yeah. Um, ended up back in his, uh, his runner up at 180 in the National. Yeah. Um, based on the fact that they backed it to eight Tiger Roll last time and uh, Rachel fell off it. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the only time she hasn't. Uh, Hasn't looked like she got boss stick in her pants, but there you go. Um, Delighted for her. She works hard. She's a cracking jockey and probably the best result racing could have hoped to get out yesterday. Apart from maybe that horse that got killed also. Walking away from it, that that would have been a plus as well. But Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's it's been a fairly successful meeting for racing. I think... Uh, Casualties have been kept to a minimum. Uh, some some years it's worse than others, and I think they've done a good job with the watering. Uh, despite, obviously, you can argue from a, uh, a punter's perspective, it probably didn't help cloth cap that much. Um, which you know, like you pointed out on Friday's show, what uh, wasn't really a plus them sticking six mils on the night before. From didn't help punters one bit there. But as I said, from a safety perspective, they've. They've, they've certainly done it but again regarding future nationals and things like that if, if we're forever having to pander to media about so I mean the year again it happens when you get the inevitable bad year of, of fatalities which you know if you're doing the Martingale system we're due because we, have, we haven't had hardly any deaths in the race for God knows how long um, and you, 
it's like you know you know what's going to come if if we get a real bad year, and and I, and I think that's why it just annoys me because they're all waiting like vultures to pounce, and and I I, I just I just fear for the future of, of of big races like the national really in society how we are now. I I don't I I'll be amazed if we're still running Grand National in in, in thirty years time. I don't know what you think. I think one of the biggest problems is that the media embrace this water at all costs culture. Water ground is safe ground, blah 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 blah. Um you will not ever be able to find a stat relating injuries on watered ground. Yeah. It always yeah. goes down as an injury on good to firm or good. To never mention how much water's gone on it, whether it's loose on top, anything like that, which is their cop-out. They have nothing on injuries caused by overwatered ground. Yeah. No one asks this question in the press. It was a very interesting analysis in the post, I thought, today. The, the ground was described as similar to last year. Yeah, I think the time was 14 seconds slower. Uh, yeah, How is on. that similar when Jet went off as it was a sudden furlong race? Yeah. They haven't chased Jet. He hadn't run the guts out of them. And yet they finished a furlong behind last year's lot on what is supposedly, well, unquestioningly described by a professional reporter as similar ground. It's yeah. not. No. No, I think I think I think that that's I mean I, I was I was on about the Times All meeting how some some media pundits and uh, you know on ITV, some people on Twitter were saying, Oh, we need to look for fast ground horses and I was just like what what on earth you know, it, 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 the times were like slow all week. There was, there was no blinding times, and and so there was no for me. There was no quick ground. It was just it was probably what they originally said it was, which was on on the soft side of good to soft, maybe sort of good to soft if you like. But it was to me a bit slower than than good to soft on some of the times. Grade one runners, all right, they might not be true grade ones, but they're running fifteen, sixteen seconds slow and. That, you know that's not that's not what top class animals can do uh, on on you know on that kind of ground. If if it was good, they'd be doing a lot quicker times. Than that. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a sore point, and I know it's a sore point for us going forward for the flat season because we hate it when they when they chuck too much on during the summer months, and you end up then you know you you, you have gen because they've put too much on the. It ends up being good to soft, or God forbid, you get a shower that's not been forecast, and you've had it. It's uh, it's it's just it just ruins the entire entire day for, for, for well for everybody really that's punted because ground is absolute key. So. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's fabulous that Rachel's done that. I'm very pleased. Uh, we move on to the uh, sore subject um, of basically the. Irish domination and this this has happened over the last five years and I did put a post on Twitter last night uh, regarding the stats of the top Irish trainers I listed them uh, there's, there's plenty of them so I'm not going to 
say what who they are. You can check on Twitter if you want to find out who they are. Now, since 2017, if you have 100 quid on each on Betfair, uh, every every single Irish trained runner in Class One and Class Two races, you'd be 70,000 quid up. If you if you have 100 quid at Industry SP, so that's with a bookies, not taking a price, you'd still be 25 grand up in the last five years. So, what 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 is happening here? Because the market usually catches up with things like this. I, you know, it, all of a sudden, if, if you see someone that's training lots of winners, right, we'll put him at short prices or, you know, but but five years, five years, you, you've made absolute fortunes and keep on making fortunes backing said Irish trainers. John, have you any thoughts what it could be? I think we may just be in a situation where we're getting out-trained. Um, we've had it before. We had Vincent O'Brien managing to become champion trainer over here, I think we're in 1977, with about 40 horses in his head. Um, we know for a fact most of the big purchases are going and being trained in Ireland now. A lot of our supposedly top trainers are, I hesitate to say the word rich kids because I mean, like the Paul Nichols, his father is a policeman, so and he's, he's done well. Um, but there's quite a lot from money families that probably had a lot handed to and whereas some Irishmen are genuinely horsemen of the blood they understand horses inside out that's why Colmar pack the key positions with horse families that go back generations you know um, and they don't manoeuvre people Coolmore about when it works by every step of the way, every step of the way. Um, they're the world leaders, you know? Um, and while we maybe should be doing better, again, you can look at some of our top people, Nicky Anderson, 70, you know? Just how motivated and competitive is he, really? Yeah. You know? um, does he get up on the morning, poking himself up the backside, saying, come on, I've got to beat these five Irishmen. Or does he get up on the morning thinking, well, I'm still doing well, I'm getting training face for all these horses, and it's not bad life, this. You know, um, I don't think the desire burns as bright amongst our trainers as it does amongst the Irish lads. Um, you know, I think they're desperately, desperately keen to do, to do well and they'll move mountains to try and do well. Whereas our lots, if it comes off, it comes off. But as long as they come home safe and sound, which is all you hear, isn't it, this week? I, I certainly think there's a potential, uh, like, competitiveness-wise, the Irish are definitely more competitive than what some are. So I'm certain of that. Um, I've, I've listed four things for you that mm-hmm. I, I believe have, uh, could be, are on the table and should be talked about as a contribution yeah. to why this is happening. 
you, you make a good point there about competitiveness, but that's sort of related here to what I'm about to say. So, yeah. uh, race planning. You know, the Irish seem to be very, very, very good at uh, getting the horses off the right marks in the right races. They've got, they've got, they've got that absolute long-term plan to do well in the springtime at the festivals where they, they know exactly where they want to be, where, where this horse wants to be in its preparation, what mark they want, uh, everything really. Absolutely. And so that that's that's the first thing. Now, you've got to say substance, you know, and I'm not saying illegal substances because they could be legal substances. They might be, they might be they basically not on the, the ban. If you're not on the ban list, then not <coughs> not illegal. Um, but there could be some kind of artificial help here. And the, the, the reason for this, we've got absolute real-life examples of this where, well, we have now, at Stormy Island. Uh, Nichols could not get it to get to do anything. And as soon as it's back with Willie, it's it's back to the old, you know, mid-150s. And so either, some might argue, say, well, that could just be the horse that likes the, the, the old surroundings. But, you know, it's pretty damning when you look at the entire Sullivan bloodstock that couldn't, you know, lift a leg for Nichols in comparison, uh, you know, to what they did for Willie. And then obviously Stormy Island going back there. You know, you're dead inside if you didn't want that to win on its on its reappearance for Willie, just to sort of half prove a point that, I mean, look at Henry de Bromhead. Five years ago, he, he couldn't he couldn't train Ivy to run up a wall. I mean, he was he was nowhere. He was he was literally winning Grade Threes at Clonmelon. And that's it. You know, he was not on the big stage. In fact, I, I checked back and he'd barely have a festival runner. He'd be lucky if he had three runners on the week. Um, and now he's he's back, you know, like, well, he, he's definitely up there with Big God and, and Wicked Willie. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking here that, you know, there's got to be something. I, I, I've no idea. I've no evidence. I've nothing, but... Let's put it this way. It's only it's only started happening in the last five years. So I'm, I'm trying to add things all together. Brings us on to our first question, the next one, which is uh, handicapping. And uh, Quentin Franks, who's, who's an avid listener, says, gambled on winners. Are they treated more harshly by the handicapper because the money has been down rather than what they've achieved on the bare form book? Um, so what... What's your thoughts on that, John? I have no numbers to hand, but my gut feeling is, by God, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. For sure, uh, I, I, I agree. I, I always seem to notice that one that where you could say they've had it right off, and then you get on the, the following shows, and you think, well, God, we haven't missed him, you know. Um, and I, th- I think there's an element of slapping people down for having to organise a gamble, you know. Um, it, it, it's still frowned on, isn't it, you know what I mean? And they don't like it, you know, they don't want you to do it again, so they're, they're going to give you six for luck, probably. Well, going back to earlier this week, uh, Hinchy on Twitter, who owns Five Star Getaway with um, Christian Williams, he, he was moaning terribly at the handicapper saying putting my horse up £15 for beating Niven five and a half lengths is a disgrace which I agree with it, you know and 
that sort of a pro- I mean, I don't agree. The thing is, though, you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, these lads have got it off 97 or whatever they got it off. They've won three races. They've won the big handicap final. They've probably got as much prize money as they could get out of the horse. Probably landed lots of bets. And then it's like a bit like, bit like after you've had your cake and eat, it's like moaning that, you know, you haven't got a free taxi home. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's where... So to answer Quentin, I, we're both in agreement on this that yes, they will get more after treated because the handicapper can see you've had his pants down, and and that's you know that's not playing the game. Um, well, it is playing the game, but it's 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 been a bit been a bit too much. Um, and I think that's where the problem lies with our demise at these big festivals, especially like you know in, in the handicaps because. What, when we used to win that some of the handicaps, we're now, we're now finding ourselves like literally just absolutely nowhere. Hence the number of finishes in the Grand National in the first uh, four. We've got three in the first fourteen. Uh, we've got one in the top eleven. Um, you know, it's 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 clear, clearly our horses are punished too harshly by by our handicappers, and the reason that is because they use this, uh, an absolutely pathetic sort of sliding scale rule. Oh, you've won by 50, you've won at Kelso by fifteen lengths. Well, you're going up a stone, you know, for beating beating absolute northern scrap. Um, and then it's we've got a lot of artificially rated high, high horses. I think everyone can see that. You know, we've got all many horses in. In fact, Hendo Popeye was moaning the other day that he's got too many one forty plus. Um, I'd I'd say that's probably a bit of bit of him. That's that's kind of. You know, I think I think, but the thing is, we're going to have to get to a stage. Then, if the handicappers are punishing our, our horses like they do, and like with, with big risers, are we, are we going to see a, a time when we, we're going to have to start stopping horses like throughout a season? And then punters aren't going to be happy. You know, what do you think? You think that that's a scenario that could happen, say, next year when British trainers think, well, sod this, I'm I may as well have three absolute dropouts. You know, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of horses where you would look at their figures and you would say it's going to have to be an 18 month project now to get this down to where we want. Um, you know, um, they the are on inflated ratings. I know when I come to great races, when I'm reviewing a card and things like that, there's not many races where I really found that the winners run to its rating even no man's exceeded it and um, because when you look back at what they've beat there's always been reasons why the defeated horses haven't hit the match you know what i mean the second mate missed the break had a wide trip got blocked twice on the bed so how could you say that's it's, it's Mark and then you can just have a no in the look fair. He can't. Yeah. You know. Um so we have got horses on ridiculously high marks. You know. Um I mean we'll have a situation in August where the Eber will probably have a seven pound spread in the entire field. Yeah. I can't relate. No, there's so many horses that's rated. Say, on the flat, for example, you'll have a lot of horses rated from 95 to 108, and in that in that bracket, there'll there'll be absolutely very very few 
well handicapped horses, and it, and that's because we we just like to just inflate them very 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 quickly. And 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 as I said, with cloth poor cloth cap, you know he's 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 obviously not been at his best in the national, and he's now got a race of 162 next year. <laughs> it's like well that. You know, that's absolute rubbish. I mean, on the Kelso, I went back and handicapped it myself. And and, I, and I, I'd got I'd got clock cap tops at about 156 tops for Kelso. Eight pounds even a bit harsh, given what... I don't think nothing run the race. I think as a... It's about 14 fences and, you know, pulled hard at the back. And it just nothing ran... You know, definitely Red was fat and needed the run. Um, nothing ran the race. And you've ended... <laughs> He's probably not had to do anything. He's probably not improved, um, you know, on anything he's achieved previously. But yet, yet the handicapper thinks, oh, it's a stone, you know, <laughs> you know, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But and I think that's the problem we've got long term. I don't think we've got uh, good enough handicappers. I think our handicappers are poor. I, th- I think they, they 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 haven't they haven't got a, well. You know, it's like you know. Paying him enough. I mean, it's a it's, job, really. It's like every other department at the PHA level, isn't it? They're not yeah. passionate about it. They will no. not miss the lunch. You know, they won't work late. No. You know, the stuff that, you know, it's all about the salary, the car, the pension. Yeah. And not I rocking mean, the boat. I mean, like you say, in the, in the national game, in the national game, how many handicap chasers where where you you'll see an horse hit a couple pull up? You know, there's very few sometimes that run their actual races. Yet the handicapper every single time, every single time will assume that the first, second, and third horses home have all run the races and put the, put the winner up nine, the runner up up three, uh, the third maybe a pound or, or two pound or whatever, and you know. <laughs> Not, none of the first three might have run the races. The time might be terrible. You know, they've all, they've all made mistakes. They've all pulled hard. <coughs> it's a nonsense to, to, to start putting horses up stupid amounts. For it, Not every race is the same. Some races, they deserve it. Others, it's just miles out. And that's because they haven't got the ability. The ability of them is not good enough to handicap properly. And that's why we're in a sliding, school, uh, sliding scale rule of thumb where... If you win by 15 lengths, it's just basic rubbish. You're going to go up 10. You can be safe at least 10, maybe 12, whatever he sees you have. But you're not going up five, are you, winning 15? You, you just say to people as a warning, really, don't come sixth in the young cup because you're getting no prize money and you're going up for <laughs> this is This is it. It's, it's it, right. I just think that's where the BHA need to be looking. Like I think they need better skilled people to do the job. I'm putting myself forward, but but I'm not on their pay. Um, so yeah, it's that's what's needed: more skill to actually work it out properly, which they don't do. So that uh, moves us on from. So basically, the Irish are just beating his hands down on everything. I think from from buying better horses, which I agree because I read Henderson in the Racing Post the other day, and um, he was on about in Ergamine that it was at Tom Lacey's and. Apparently, it just it went for its point to point, and we in five days, you know, obviously big Irish owner picked it up, or whoever bought it, had picked, and it's gone to Willie Mullins. You know, we mm. we in five days private sale. They, they're quite sharp, so I, I agree. With, I've been on Twitter, and people are saying, "Ah, oh, it's not just magic carrots." 
I, I agree. It's probably just a bit artificial help, but the, but there's there's certainly some of that in it um, because I, I can't I can't have some of the the performances are just eye poppingly good <laughs> on, on, on the big day. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, right, next next question. <laughs> a funny one from John Nolan. He's quite a funny chap. Um, he likes your sirens when you get sirens outside your house. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SWAT team. Yeah, SWAT team. Um, and he says, who are the panel fans say to win next autumn's race course gallop between Shishkin and Altidore? <laughs> John. Well, I think given Popper's brightest, really, I mean, he's currently giving upbeat reports about Altidore, so I think I have a fair on Altidore. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he's out. What, where is Altio? What's he doing? Has anyone heard anything? Is, is he off to Punchestown? Is, is, I, I mean, he's next thing he's in the boat race. Yeah, it's. I mean, we've seen him once this season, Kempton, and then that's it. It's just, it's the way. It's, it's weird. After well, three, it's a good job. He's got plenty of time with the house, isn't it? You know, there's no rush. Well, I, I accept. I accept that the ground was wrong, and you know. Yeah, <laughs> sand down and he's only eleven, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, he's got so much, yeah. so much more to offer. Yeah, onto chasers. It yeah. could be, couldn't it? You can see him in the fox and is it Ainsley in five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, interesting question that John, uh, but very, very pertinent. We might see, we might see both about a, a couple of times before next season's festival combined. Might see one of the winters ever, which. <laughs> on to our punting pal the happy hammer uh, they won today I think they have um, so they'll be happy again um, major jumbo on Wednesday John Nick Davis he's a good judges Nick and this is 16 to 1 and he says how far how far does this win well I think a lot depends on uh, how quickly kid gets him out really Um I mean, I, I wouldn't uh, cast aspersions on Nicholas's selection by any means if he thinks it's, uh, it's hard not to say it's not well in. I mean, you yeah. only have to go back six runs, he's running off 107, and we are off 98, you know. With Big John uh, Sinek taking seven off, John. That's it, you know, I mean, <laughs> you're talking the net 91, aren't you? So. Yeah. Really, you know, with 16, 16 bound up with slaves. Um, the, the, the kid can definitely ride. I know this. Yeah. You know, I know he's only three wins from 104 rides. We, we looked rubbish, but I think generally he's been riding all the knot offs in Ireland when yeah. he was over there. I mean, the, the thing is, there could be a lot of pace on in this race. Um, I, say, I see the kilts well represented in the Desert Safari that won last time, you know. Um, it's, it's hard to, to say when you, you you don't really see the makeup of the race just yet. Um, look, I, I couldn't put you off. Yeah, uh, I, certainly it's very well handicapped, uh, Nick, and I'm sure you'll be looking at that sixteen to one with beady eyes because uh, knowing you, you'll be uh, you, the the betting shops are open tomorrow. The betting shops are open. You can you can you can. Pile around London and get and get get two quid a shop on. You know, Nick, Nick will have a, a convoy of Ford Transit later yeah. on in the morning. There'll be a betting transit that will head up the parade, and then 
Behind that, there'll be the chill-out transit with the house music blaring and the settee in the back. <laughs> and then the final transit will have the four-litre bottles of water for them all to rehydrate and then go back up into the front transit. And you'll have that as a, a rolling system all Wednesday morning, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, yeah, Nick. I wish you well with uh, your pick there, and hope you get on. And uh, but I've told everybody now, and all viewers, all listeners know now, and they'll be like going online and knocking it into ten. Disgraceful behaviour. Uh, Julian Wilson would be turning in his grave. Julian uh, Wilson would be blocking it. <laughs> be blocked. And it, and he'd be penning uh, the awful letter to the Racing Post. He'd be telling Big Big John Shenick that yeah, trying as much trouble as he can. <laughs> There'll be no career for you, Sonny, unless you get this out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you uh, get this, mate, you can play for your market trainers next week. <laughs> Third man, both ends. Yeah. Right, we'll move on. We're coming towards the end of the show. I hope you've um, had, a, had a good chuckle at some, some of the things we've discussed. Uh, Ian Davis. Uh, I, I love Ian Davis's rants, and I, I'm, I'm sort of leading into... Uh, uh, the next phase of, of this show with his rant, and he says, nice, nice of the Irish to allow British trained horses to finish 6th, 12th and 14th in the National yesterday. Fortunately, the National Hunt gives way as the flat takes centre stage this week with a Craver meeting, followed by Newbury. Well, Newbury's now Sunday. Uh, now Buffalo's on, on uh, funerals uh, mess that up. Um, and so he can forget about being written ritually humiliated by our friends across the Irish Sea. But he says, hold on, what's that dirty great big arc on yonder horizon heading towards us across said waters, packed to the rafters with blue bloods and apparently steered home by some bloke who is a dead ringer for Harry Potter. John, are you yes, looking indeed. forward to this spring with with, 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 with older Aidan trying to uh, win every, every, everything we've got? Funnily enough, I am really, because... Uh, I've taken a bit of shine, a bit of a shine to a couple of his, and whereas normally the, the the just background noise coming out there tell you all careers. This year, I'm, I'm, as I say, the last is like high definition. Um, John about the run today. Um, yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm just very, very interested to see how they progress this year, and so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to them sending these big battalions over and. Seeing how they get on, because I think uh, I think some of the, the home fires might still burn bright. You know, I mean, Gustin's got a fair team. Um, there's a cantankerous old pensioner on the Berry Road that's made quite a good start to his season as well. Um, you know, and I, I don't think it's going to be one-way traffic anyway. Good stuff. We're very much looking forward to the Craver meeting this week. Starts on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I've, I've got that right, Anna John. I'm not. I'm not I'm, I didn't want to yeah. get it for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in the BHA. Well, well, you know, I mean, if, if another one pops the clothes, it makes Princess Alice's Fiona or something, and they're running it on frigging Boxing Day, won't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the good news is uh, we're going to do, if you're not bored of us yet, which it's a big ask, I know. Um, we're doing a preview show, to, a special one-off preview show for the Craver meeting itself, where me and John will be looking at a lot of the key Craver uh, meeting action. 
with any any bets or eye catchers that we think you should look out for. Obviously, it's difficult not knowing the exact ground draws. Say on the Thursday, we we won't have the declarations, but we'll give it our best shot in in highlighting any potential bets that's that you know prices that's available, etc. Maybe maybe even come up with the odd uh, sort of anti-post bet before the uh, before the prices me, me, me trackers like Katie Price's bra at the minute it's still in the <laughs> container written. Um, uh, honestly they're bursting out all over at the minute so. yeah what a sight that would be um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be glad to get them off my chest shall we say <laughs> so yeah so don't miss that that will we'll be we'll be putting that out around uh, 19 100 hours, 19.30, something like that, GMT, 24-hour clock here. Um, so, yeah, so don't miss that tomorrow evening, me and John going through the Craven action. Right, to finish the show off, we've got the Jimmy Lindley Lovely Hands uh, feature, which is now back in full swing. Now we've got the flat season going. And uh, Quentin Frank sent one in, and I'm going to mention it because I, I thought it, I, I agreed, I thought it was eye-catching. He says Carter Cowboy was uh, really, really uh, not at the races at Redcar, at the local earlier this week. Fate, Richard Faye's horse, totally agree. Absolute float up. So Carter Cowboy, definitely an interesting spot there, uh, Mr. Quentin Franks. Myself, uh, I, I spotted one at Gowran Park. It, it wasn't really, an, it's, this is a bit obvious, but I've got timing data behind it. Uh, it's a horse called Powerful Aggie, and it's trained by the baby jersey. Ran at Gowran Park on Thursday, 8th of April. She's been missing the break. She's now got a handicap mark. She's been flying home late, but and and everyone can sort of spot them. But what? But I've got the timing data, and she's done some pretty decent splits. And I think she'll be a lot better than uh, what the mark. I mean, hopefully she'll get mid seventies. I think she can better that. She's a nice filly. That's powerful, Aggie. I spotted at Gowran on the Thursday, the eighth of April. So that's that's my eye catcher, John. Anything to take your eye? Maybe to, uh, last week or, or did you and, see anything and, you endless, today? endlessly? David O'Meara's again. Um, they're, they're really campaigning this like they don't give a monkey's whether it wins or not. But it'll, it'll probably turn up at York in May over twelve furlongs. It'll finally get the the, the right ride for the conditions, and it, it it's definitely got some. Pounding in and this thing, but at the minute they're in entirely unsuitable races. Yeah, Spencer gave it absolutely no chance first time up this year. Ran uh, the other night at Twolves, exactly the same outcome, really. I mean, they'd hiked it up in trip, but that, that was a load of cobblers. It can win over 12 furlongs, and uh, once it gets a decent size pair with some pace to run that, it'll definitely be winning. Right, endlessly. That might do better, like you said, John, away from gas pits like Wolverhampton. Yeah, brilliant. So we've we've three there, three for Jimmy Lindley this week. Endlessly for John, powerful Aggie for me, and and one listener, I catch her, that I'm also going to include, the Quentin Franks, um, uh, Carter Cowboy. So that's the three. Right, don't forget to join us tomorrow for the Craven meeting preview. We can bore you to tears and tip more losers like we did on Saturday. So that's all from me and John uh, for the sermon. Hope you enjoyed. Bye for now.